take you back in time for a minute. It's July 20th, the year is 2007, and a 17-year-old me is out way past her bedtime. I'm surrounded by a giddy crowd of bookworms that have gathered in a borders near the lost coast of California. Some people have come dressed up in costumes, and miraculously, some of them are even younger than I am. The hum of conversations around me shifts and pitches as eager eyes dart for the nearest clock or at the watch on their wrist. We're waiting, and every tick of the second hand inches us closer to midnight, the promised hour. And what will happen at midnight? Well, the final Harry Potter book will be released, something that I've been looking forward to since the third grade. Welcome to Margin Comments the show about books and storytelling. Kind of. Today, on the inaugural episode, we're actually not going to talk about the seventh Harry Potter book, or even whether or not we're allowed to like Harry Potter anymore. Instead, I want to talk about that feeling I just described in the introduction, the excitement that we get from an anticipated book release. More importantly, I want to talk about why that seems to be happening less and less. Now, that isn't to say that there's no hype around books at all. Colleen Hoover and Brandon Sanderson fans would probably have a word about that, meaning that there are thriving and vocal online communities like BookTok and BookTube that are eager to lavish authors in upcoming series with praise, but think about it. Really think about it. When was the last time you saw generations of people converging on bookstores in the dead of night just to get their hands on a hard copy? When was the last time you saw generations of people converging on bookstores in the dead of night just to get their hands on a hardcover? Back in 2007, people pulled all-nighters, sinking hours into reading the chapters right away just so that no one would be able to spoil it by being ahead. Adults took days off work, shut down their lives, and hunkered down just to get through it. There were even reading parties with themed snacks where you could hang out with your friends, relax, and take breaks to talk obsessively about whatever chapter you had just finished. If that sounds to you like the first two weeks after Netflix drops a new season of Stranger Things, it's because it was exactly like that, except better? Somehow. At the risk of sounding a little, the book is better than the movie, there was just something about that time. Something about the world coming together to rip through 607 pages of text that was special. Maybe it was the still newness of things like social media, meaning that most of my conversations had to take place in person, or maybe my nostalgia is just getting the better of me, but it felt more tangible somehow. And you know, I miss that. Not just the goofy fun or the thrill of a series ending, but that collective sense of excitement for the written word. That got me wondering. Specifically, it got me wondering why it is that I feel like I see that less and less. Well, maybe some of it has to do with the rapid decline in the number of physical bookstores over the years. After all, it's tough to gather somewhere that doesn't exist. But the more likely culprit is we're just not reading as much as we used to. 
In fact, according to a Washington Post article, leisure reading reached an all-time low for Americans in 2018. Their data show that the number of Americans aged 15 or older reading for pleasure fell 9% from just 13 years prior. And data from a recent poll by Gallup shows that in 2021, Americans read some or all of an average of 12.6 books, which is down from 15.6 in 2016. That's an entire 20% decline in reading volume, and not just in general, but with people who already consider themselves readers. It's worth noting that it isn't just in America, either. In Canada, the number of people who read at least one book each year has decreased by 10% since 2014. And research from Kantar Media from 2019 suggests that just 51% of adults in the UK read at least one book in the previous year. Meanwhile, data from the Pew Research Center shows that U.S. citizens are reading substantially more books than their British cousins, with only 27% of Americans saying that they didn't read a book in 2019. To be clear, when we're talking about books and, quote, literary reading, I don't just mean big, dusty texts that have more pages than I do dollars in my bank account. I'm talking about everything from the most scandalous and juicy dark romance to Faust, Dickens, and Dostoevsky, and whatever else falls in between. To be clear, when we're talking about books and, quote, literary reading, I don't just mean big, dusty texts that have more pages than I do dollars in my bank account. In this case, the term literary reading refers to everything from the most scandalous and juicy dark romance to Faust, Dickens, and Dostoevsky. And everything in between. Which unfortunately means that we're not just turning away from classics, we're putting down books altogether. And although the specific culprit varies between studies and articles, one monolith has risen to the top of the pile of reasons why we are reading less on average. Ding, ding, ding. If you guessed technology, you got it right. One more thing we can blame on the cultural malady it's so often painted as these days. Some say television is destroying readership. Essentially that video wasn't satisfied killing the radio star. It had its ambitious sight set on books as well. Others are more apt to blame social media, making us more... Some say television is destroying readership, that video wasn't satisfied killing the radio star, it also had its ambitious sights set on books as well. Ding ding ding, if you guessed technology, you got it right. One more thing we can blame on the cultural malady it is so often painted as these days. Some say television is destroying readership, that video wasn't satisfied killing the radio star, it had its ambitious sights set on books as well. Others are more apt to blame social media making us more focused on superficial aesthetics or on video games for, quote, rotting our brains. And I hate to say it, but there's a lot of truth there. The fact is, the availability of immediate and immersive entertainment has skyrocketed with growing technology, and that's tough for books and the authors who write them to compete with. Why spend hours reading a few chapters, a part of a story, 
when you could go watch an entire movie in that time period? Why sit idle and stare at a page when there are digital enemies to mow down and loot to be gathered? And on social media? Well, that few hours is worth 200 TikToks and endless scrolling. So it is there. Technology is definitely impacting our attention and where we choose to focus it. The thing is, I don't think that reading is declining just because of our changing attention span and abounding social media addiction. For instance, social media, and especially TikTok, has become the primary way for new authors to generate hype around their work. That immediacy of entertainment is also an immediacy of engagement for the self-publisher. In television and movies? These days, the largest franchises are based on major written works. You can't flick through your channels without stumbling over a half dozen adaptations. That's not to say that these two things come without their own criticisms or that they're saving the literary tradition by any means. But I do think that it suggests another conversation needs to be had. Not the least of that conversation being that, well, books are expensive and they're actually continuing to get more expensive, which continues to edge other people who might read out of that field. On top of that, as the publishing industry changes, the quality of books doesn't seem to be keeping up with the increased cost. And I don't mean the quality of the stories themselves, I mean the actual physical books. I've been seeing increased complaints about spelling and grammar errors, as well as editorial inconsistencies. And it's not just from other people either. I personally bought a copy of Bram Stoker's Dracula not too long ago, and it came to me full of formatting markers not actually being formatted. But it also might be worth looking at the stories being published as well. In an ever-evolving world where culture and social consciousness can shift on a dime, are publishers keeping up with the times? Are the right stories being published at the right moments, or are we so blinded by the glitz of a bestseller sticker and continually growing quarterly earnings that we're reaching to publish what's safe, what we know will be added to somebody's TBR list. Are we engaging with our audiences in the right way? Telling stories that they want to read? Ones that feel relevant and contemporary to the everyday person of the 2020s? Can we even define who that is anymore? And then there's the other factors to the decline in reading. The ones that fall outside of the consumer and the publisher that honestly, I'd rather not talk about or at least wish that I didn't need to mention. Book banning is on the rise, and it's accelerating. In 2022, there were attempts to restrict over 1,600 titles in the US. Classrooms in some cities and states have gutted their entire libraries in fear of disciplinary action from some of these book bannings. That's on top of a national population that on average reads at about a seventh grade level. That's 12-ish. And while that might not be a driving force in the loss of readership today, it will affect readership tomorrow. And 10 years down the line, and further than that. I guess this is the point in time where I come clean and say why I care. It's easy to give a pithy answer, like, I care because it matters, but the truth is a little bit more selfish than that. In reality, 
I care because books and storytelling helped shape who I am today. I grew up in a small town, that little speck near the lost coast that I talked about. While it was and is a great place, it is still small, a six-hour car ride from any major city. And as much as I loved growing up there, I longed for something more, something bigger. And as a kid, reading gave me that. Books took me outside the borders of my small town and allowed me to experience a sort of literary wanderlust where I stamped my proverbial passport as often as I could. I didn't hate where I was, even though sometimes it felt suffocatingly remote. I just wanted more, to experience more. I yearned to know the world beyond my limited horizon of craggy mountains and redwood forest and bucolic beaches. And reading gave that to me. With books, I traveled the world and through time and to far off universes I never could have imagined myself. I read about cultures, cuisines, and customs. I found new perspectives, new knowledge, and new turns of phrases that I have annoyingly incorporated into my life ever after. And in that process, I also learned about myself. I saw my flaws reflected in characters that I hated, and some that I loved. I found strength in the ones that I admired and emulated the characters that I thought were the coolest. I even started to think, hey, maybe I could be cool like the characters in these books. Fearless and compassionate and ready to become whatever it is a person is supposed to be becoming. And if you can forgive the sample size of one, I think we can agree that I'm not an anomaly. Reading doesn't just teach us about the world around us, it can spark curiosity for things both beyond our immediate reach as well as things within ourselves. And I think that there's value in that curiosity. Storytelling, and by proxy writing and reading, have been central to human culture since its inception. We as a species have used stories to define our universe around us as well as our tiny place within it. It's the earliest form of record keeping and has been the means of passing down the very knowledge that has allowed us to flourish to where we are today. Movements have started, hearts and minds have changed with the right story, the right book, at the right time. And that's not just my romantic take on the idea. Literature has a measurable effect on people. According to trends in cognitive science, reading, and especially reading literary fiction, has been found to help improve both empathy and theory of mind. In other words, reading can help us see the world through perspectives we hadn't considered and expand our understanding of the world and ourselves. Research from the New School echo these findings, showing that reading can positively impact a person's ability to understand and relate with people around them. So to really answer the question of why I care, I need to actually ask a question in return. If reading is on the decline, what else are we losing in the process? This podcast won't seek to answer that question exactly. Instead, I want to take a step back, look at the big picture, and come in from the edges, just like you would with a jigsaw. And that's all I have for you for this episode. If it felt like some sort of extended thesis statement, 
or a rambling train of thought, I think both can be true. But if any of what I said resonated with you, consider tuning into the next episode, and the one after that, while you're at it. But before I let you go, I want to leave you with some parting words. This time, not from myself, and not from any scientific research that I've done, but from another name I think you'll recognize. Dr. Seuss. This happens to be the final line of the Lorax and one of my favorites in all of literature ever. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not.